Hey, it's Anthony, howtogetintodramaschool.com. Hope you guys are having an awesome day. It's gonna get even better when you listen to this podcast because we've got an awesome guest. Her name is Gabby Torres. She's a current Juilliard student. She's a friend of mine. She's from Mexico. She went to an undergraduate program at the University of Texas in El Paso and then on to Juilliard. And what's really special about her, besides obviously she's just an awesome talent and an awesome human, but she has an great wisdom. She is going to share with you some awesome just realities and, and really great ways to think about your audition. We all know that we get uh, sometimes insecure. We get we have doubts. Uh, you know, she talks a lot about that in her story. So this is Gabby Torres on how to get into drama school. Enjoy. Okay. So Gabby, my friend, um, introduce yourself. Where 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 are you from? Where are you now? And you know, tell us a couple of things maybe interesting about yourself. Well, my name is Gabriela Torres, Gabriela Torres Apulva, if you want to use the Mexican name. I was born in El Paso, Texas, which is border city with Juarez, Mexico. And I was basically born in El Paso, raised in Juarez, and then I did my education in El Paso, Texas. So whenever people ask me where am I from, it's really hard to decide whether it's United States or Mexico. So I'm always like, I'm from both. You know, from this current situation, I tend to say Mexico. But yes, I... <laughs> Are you an international um, Juilliard student? Uh, sorry, what? Well, are you? Would you say yeah. you're an international Juilliard student? You know, I think yes. Mindset-wise, I think I'm very much in like Mexican culture right now, so it does feel very international at times. And considering that Spanish is my um, native language, it very much feels like it's just you know very international in that sense. But I'm a Juilliard right now. I'm doing my second year MFA. Um, I did my BFA in acting, theater performance as well. And I've been here in New York for about to finish my second year. Yeah. Awesome. How are you liking it? You know, it's it's really amazing. And it's exhausting how much you grow, but it's also very exciting. So it's this very weird combination of like, I'm really happy because I, I can see the growth, not only in myself, but amongst the people I share, you know, the classes with. Absolutely. And also, I am so excited for the year to end so I can <laughs> get some rest. But, um, no, it's, it's going, I mean, it's it's fantastic. You're surrounded by a bunch of people who really know what they're doing and really, they also learn how to make you the best you can be. So it's very individualized in that way, which is really great. Nice. So let me ask you a couple of differences. I mean, you're someone who went to a BFA program. Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing where you went, and I want to ask you, what is really the difference that you've noticed from that program to where you are now at Juilliard? Some of the main differences, um, you know, obviously some students are considering applying to smaller programs or maybe less intense programs as well as more rigorous programs and so highlight as a person who's been at both you know what are those differences and and your personal perspective so i did my bfa in theater performance and i did it at university of texas at el paso which is really funny because utep is known for like their engineering program not a lot not at all for their theater program so it's 
a very, very small theater program that doesn't have a lot of students. But what I really liked about UTEP, which I, which is the reason why I stayed in and never transferred, is because since there were not a lot of students, the, the training was very focused on who you were as an artist and who you wanted to become in your growth. And also something really cool about that was that you can, you know, because in certain colleges you have to wait till you're a senior or whatever to um, be in, like, the main stage productions. Right. And UTEP offered you the opportunity to do that from the get-go. So it was great to just be in, you know, in a full production, being a freshman and not, not really knowing what I'm doing and all that stuff. Um, some of the differences that I'm noticing now, it's, it's like UTEP is mainly, I should say, 80% Latino mm. community because it's in the border. So there's a lot of commun- like Latino community. And that's one of the big differences that I come here to New York and, you know, there's nobody from Mexico so there's no one I can share that culture with but it's also the material that you do is also very different which in a way it's really exciting you know because you did all your BFA and you did all these Latino playwrights and Latino for the Latino community and then come here and you're trying to learn about the classics and people you've never heard about or or you're just training yourself in a very very different cultural sense Mm -hmm. which I think it's really amazing especially if you want to be an actor because you learn all these different ways that people think and how they relate to each other, which is also great. And then um, with with Julia, they're very specific about their speech and voice program, which mm. is something that I really needed. There is something about like the way that they make you use your voice and own the space and and just encourage you to not be afraid of how powerful you can be, which is really encouraging and exciting um another difference is like it depends on what you do when you're doing your bfa or whatever college you do it's it's like juilliard it's much more focused in just acting which can be a great thing and it can be an exhausting thing but for example at utip i had to do you know my basics because it was a, a public university so you had to do your basics and then you had to do work study and i would work at the admissions office and then i would go to rehearsal at night so this is like very different totally you know, it was all over the place yeah and then which is this for me it's amazing that i come to school and i know that every day i'm having i'm doing something that has to do with acting mm-hmm. so i think in that way that's you're constantly surrounded by it so there's nothing that you learn that's just useless or pointless you can always take something which is really uh not a chance you don't get to do that very much in other universities which i really appreciate yeah and i think that's kind of what um we've been trying to highlight for folks on our podcast and stuff is like you know they are respectable in in both their own right you know certain people are looking for that super rigorous program and others are really looking for more of a uh, college type experience and yeah. you know something like Juilliard and, and others that are you know major BFA programs are not that and yeah. so um, you know but that doesn't mean that the um, you, you still can't get good acting training at let's say like a BA program or a smaller BFA program it's just yeah. you're gonna have to deal with a, a balance of academics and training yeah. and because of that literally your time is just you know s- split and so you can't necessarily yeah. go as deep as yeah. um, you can at Juilliard. Sometimes it's like mind-boggling how deep we went. Um, you know, you know, yeah. we were talking the other day about the energy work. Like, yeah. nobody's ever done energy work. That you know, is like, crazy. 
you know, so, um, you're a freaking Harry Potter or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> Some magical stuff. Um, no, yeah, I do. I do have to say that for me, I don't regret going to like a public university because just the fact that I could also learn things that were not at all related to acting was helpful to acting in some ways. Like psychology was freaking interesting, which is not something that you get, you know, in a conservatory or philosophy or even math, you know, like things like that, that it's just like you exercise your brain in a very different way, Mm -hmm. which is really good. I've always been kind of a, you know, I don't even know what you call this in, in, in English, but I'm after I was done with like my class, then I would go to rehearsal, and then I would just go to bed. So I was never like the party person. Wait, what do you call but it in Spanish? It's like, I it's like, oh, what's the word in Spanish? It's like, um, well, you know, in Spanish it's called like nerd and stuff, like nerd. But I don't, I don't like using that word. Um, I don't, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm boring would be a word. <laughs> You know, it's just like, you would just like go to, like do your homework and then go to bed and then start all over again. Obviously, people who had much more interesting lives did not do that. And that is regardless of where you are. I think you can find your private life outside of school and people manage. But I think that if, you know, if you want that college experience, I really do think it's where you would find that experience wherever you make it, you know, like you make your own experience in a way. Yeah. I've always thought that of the student as well. You make your own education. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you go to Juilliard. It doesn't matter if you go to public school. You're always going to learn what you want to learn and what you want to focus on. It's not about, you know, the fanciness or, or, I mean, of course, the teachers have to do a lot with it too. But it's how you want to learn and how you want to put that in your body that it's going to make you the artist, actor you want to be. Yeah, 100%. I think that's great. And I think that the curriculum is perhaps different, but like, you know, you're, you are a big part of that. And, um, you know, how, how, how you want to have your college experience is, you know, you can have it the way you want it in many ways. Um, Mm -hmm. so let's talk about how you got into drama school. Let's talk about, (laughs) let's talk about UTEP first, University of Texas at El Paso, and then we'll talk about Juilliard. But let's say UTEP, what was the requirements? How did you, did you have to audition to get in there? And if so, like, what monologues did you do? And and how did you kind of get into that school? Okay, so it's actually really doesn't have those crazy requirements that you have to audition and you have to do all these things to get in. And when I was because when I was trying to figure out what what where I was going to do my degree, I really did not want to be at UTEP. I was like, I will not come to this school. I just want to get out of El Paso. I want to get out of here. And my mom, you know, she was like, no, you're not. You are staying for at least for a year. Just stay for a year. She made a deal with you. Yeah. And at first I was very resistant about it, but I'm going to be really honest with you. I started looking like at other programs and then I started, I think I even looked at Juilliard and or just like, you know, all these crazy schools and all that stuff. And, and the the way that they describe it on the internet, which is, you know, in some ways true of like how impossible it is to get in these programs and like the amount of auditions that you have to go through and the model. And I, I just got very overwhelmed. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I think maybe I should just stay at YouTube for a year, figure out if this is really what I want to do and then go from there. And at first, I didn't even know that that was what I wanted to do. My grandfather was the one who was like, he gave me really good advice. Because I was like, okay, what's what's best? To do something that 
you know will bring you money, but you're not very passionate about, or doing something you're extremely passionate about, but it's not certain, right? And then you know he was like, well, life is never certain, so you might as well do something that you love. I was like, you're very wise, Grandpa. And um, nice call, Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> he's the reason why I'm here.、Um, and so UTEP, it was really easy. Just we're like, I want to do theater performance, and they were like, great. So you're in, and you take acting classes. And for me, it really is about just like they were very much of anyone can come in, and we do productions every year. But of course, you need to audition for those productions. And thank Lord that I did because. My first audition was like, and now I know what not to do in a theater audition. Oh, what、so、happened? I, Give us the brief story. It, it just, you know, I did Rosalind, I think the one where she's like describing how she from as you like it. She made this guy, yeah, yeah, as you like it. Yeah, and how she made this guy like fall in love with her, with him, and how she right, like, right, would, and all this stuff. And I remember just being like over the top with it, and just. Not good, not good. <laughs> and then the the director who was auditioning, he was just like, "Why don't you just sit down and tell us if it's a, a story? Just tell us a story, and this is the story." And I was like, "Okay." And then I did, and he was like, "Great, thank you." And then I walked out. I was like, "Well, I'm not getting into that production,、um, but I did." And I had one line. We're doing Taming of the Shrew, and my line was I. Oh my was, gosh. Yeah, and he was the type of director that would call you every single day at all times of rehearsal, even if you just said one line or were just standing there. Yeah, which、oh、was really、goodness. intense. But because I've never had any theater experience, being there was like my—it was a gift from the gods. Yeah, I could see how the actors were taking notes, how they were responding, how they would work on Shakespeare text, how they would. Do you know how they manage themselves? So I was just looking at people who were, you know, juniors, seniors, working that out with the director, and that was a freaking great learning. That's、experience. awesome. No, yeah, for sure. So you got into UTEP, you do your training there, and then you decide what what made you decide that you wanted more training. Did you apply to more schools than just Juilliard? Tell us about that decision and ultimately the preparation for those auditions. So I was in my second year when there was this big fuzz about a Juilliard teacher who was going to come over and and teach a, a Shakespeare for a semester, and she was also going to direct King Lear. And、um, her husband was going to play King Lear, and he was also going to be a teacher, and he was a graduate from Juilliard. And so everybody was like, "Whoa, the universe is crazy!" And、um, my Rutko, that's his name.、Uh, Say it again, because you cut out a little bit. Michael Rutko, Michael Rutko. Yeah, he's a an alum from Juilliard, wonderful actor, and he played King Lear. I auditioned for the play, and I got Cordelia. And so I got to the name of the director is Jenny Lord, and she's a faculty at Juilliard, and she's a brilliant director. And so I got to work with them for a whole semester, or like quarter section with King Lear and stuff. And then at the end of King Lear. I was in my second year, so she、um, took me aside and she said that、uh, it would, she thinks it would be a good idea for me to come to New York and audition for Juilliard and Yale and NYU and all that stuff. And it's really crazy because El Paso—it's such in the corner of nowhere that <laughs> Juilliard never crossed my mind. You know, 
Yeah. Like, it was never even, not even, like, I, I'm not going to audition because I'm not going to get in. Like, it just never crossed my mind. Yeah. It, it was, it's just something that was so far away and so, like, big for me. And I was like, there's no fucking, you know, it, just, it never went into my head. And she was like, I think that you should come. I think that uh, you would be a type of student who they would enjoy teaching just because I, I you know, very intense when it comes to studying. I'm just like very perfectionist. It's like, I must do my work. Um, and she would be like, she was like, I think you should graduate a year early so that you can come to the MFA program as soon as you can. So next year when they audition. And so I was like, I have two more years left. Like, how can I put two years in one year? She's like, you'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, good. So I talked to my advisor at UTEP and she was like, okay, we're going to make it happen. And so we put two years in one year and I had to, that's amazing. It was, it was madness. Wow. Um, in a great way, you know, cause then without me realizing it prepared me for Juilliard cause like my whole schedule was full and it was like, it was fall. I was taking like 10 classes and then winter classes and then spring it was like eight and then summer courses. It was just, you know, all over the place. Yeah. And, um, so that allowed me to audition for Juilliard and, um, and yeah, that's, that's how like Juilliard came into my radar. But I don't think if it weren't for that one person who was like, I think that you can do this, I would have never even thought of auditioning for it. Especially when you're just so removed from New York or LA or like, you know, these big cities where like these big names are. And you're just in very small cities who are like, because El Paso and Juarez are not known for their theater or art at all. Right. It's not, it's considered a hobby more than anything else mm -hmm. so it was just she's like you need to get out of here just so that you can learn you know other other ways of, of working and be around theater as much as you can and so I applied for and I did apply for Juilliard Yale and NYU so and other small smaller programs when um, you applied for those like uh, you obviously, you know, got some monologues together. Um, I, I want to talk about your audition for those. So let's talk about like, what monologues did you choose? How did you feel about them? How did your auditions go? And, you know, specifically Juilliard, but you know, you can mention some of the other ones too. Like we, I want to hear about your experience auditioning. So, so monologues, I started looking at them. So I was going to audition in January. And I started looking at monologues during the summer because mm -hmm. I was like, I want as much as time as possible to work on this just because I know me as an actor. And I'm like, I need to, I know that I'm going to go through a lot of them before I can like find. And it was, it was a process because it was also this whole thing of, of, of like, do I want to do a monologue from a Latin playwright? Do I want to be in Spanish like do I want to show that side or is it enough for it to be in the resume like it was just this whole crisis thing mm. and it was and it was very interesting because when I was like I I try I read a, a bunch of them and I read a lot of plays and I just couldn't find really monologues that like grabbed me mm -hmm. and then I realized that I was just grabbing it from like a very I was not thinking of what are the best 
where I feel the most comfortable in, I was thinking out of it, what are the best monologues that I can get? And that's not how you want to approach that, you know, especially when you want to do auditions. So I found that for me, because if you're looking at for like, what is the, it's so unpersonal, mm. like not person and so removed. And so I had to shift that and be like, okay, what do I, what am I interested in doing? What, if, what part of myself am I interested to show them? And like, I think we'll like, you know, broadcast who I am as a person, as an actor. And then when I finally narrowed down to like, I picked like six that I had. I learned like five because like have four, you know, you're only going to do two, but don't have other two just in case. And then have other two just in case. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I had like seven or something. Like it was just, you know, but you find pieces that you love and you're like, uh, well, I want this to be around in case I want to use it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it, and and it's also like, do you have everything right? Like you have the love piece, and then you have you you're broken up and heartbroken, right. and you're very happy, and it's like the funny one, and then the dramatic one. Anyway, um, and I had them, and I was rehearsing with with a teacher that I really trust, and then he looked at me, and then he's like, "You're doing this thing where you're getting rid of everything that makes you." you and then I knew exactly what he meant because I was working so hard at like first of all not showing an accent Mm. and sec you know so and like picking things because I decided not to go with Latin playwrights I just decided to go for like you know but I was doing this very weird thing where I was just like speaking in, in a way that was just not how I sounded it was like the theater voice you know yeah and he's like and and you don't have to do that, especially for these types of, of auditions, because they don't care about the persona that you put on. They care about who you are. And sounding as you is obviously the way to go. And, and you don't want to present yourself as something that you're not, because the best thing that you're going to be ever is yourself, right? It's like the one right. thing that you can always do right is just be yourself. And nobody else can really do that as well as you. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And so I was like, okay, but that's really, it's so scary. Yeah. Like auditioning for graduate programs is so scary because you're not, at least if you're auditioning for a play, you know what they're kind of, what they're looking for or what character you should like be, you know, if, if they're looking for a Rosalind, you know that you want to also pass as a guy, you know, like you can do both. Or if you're there looking for Juliet, you know, there's like a specific sort of quality that she has, but when you're like, when they're looking, who are they looking for? What, what, what are they, you know, that's, that's very confusing. It's very scary because you're auditioning as yourself. It's a great point. <laughs> it's, like, it's a great well, point. How do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> and, um, it's really scary because, you know, if they say no, then I, I felt like they were saying no to me as a person. I was like, no, that's really scary. So I ended up deciding to do, um, one where I, I thought showed like the confidence and like the strength and one that was like very shy that then transferred into like, fuck you, I don't care about you. Type of thing. <laughs> it's um Adam Sinkowitz, actually. Oh. Who I didn't know was a playwright from Juilliard until I was going to do the monologue at showing. <laughs> Which, uh, oh, you didn't even know until yeah. you were at showing that he was a Juilliard player? I didn't know until I got it, yeah. So for yeah. those listening, Adam so, Simkowitz uh, is a Juilliard playwright, and he was there when I was there. That's when he studied. 
we did oh, his nice. plays for the first time, you know. Uh, and now he's a faculty member. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't cast in those. Um, but yeah, like, so we did two playwrights projects and his plays were featured. Uh, I was in some nice. other authors' plays. But anyway, so you did an Adam, Adam Simkowitz play and you didn't know it was a Juilliard yeah. playwright until you got to showings, mm-hmm. which is the first day of class for those aren't. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that was awesome. the case. Either it was, it was showings or it was, or maybe I, I learned that he was going to be at showings <laughs> and I didn't have time to change it. Um, and I, that's what I was going to do for showings. He so which one was it? That. He just like looked at me and like, it's the one where she's or in which the play? hospital. Pretty Theft. Pretty Theft. Cool. And yeah. And it's the one where she's like talking to her dad in the hospital. Yeah. And she goes from being like, this is how my day went, and I know you're probably not listening to me, and fuck you, yeah, you never listen to me, type of thing. It went, I, I thought it had a lot of colors, so I was like, this is great. Um, and, and so the actual audition process, it was, it was quite intense because I didn't hit send, like the application, submit, basically, until like December 31st, which I think it's like the deadline. Because I was, you know, if I submitted, it's like I'm putting myself out there. I'm doing this. And and Juilliard was basically my dream school since I've heard of it, but never really, you know. And so, but I did it, and it happened to be that that audition. I, I, I think it's very smart, especially if you're going to travel, to always schedule your auditions in the same week, just so that you don't go, like, back and forth all the time. And so Yale, NYU, Juilliard, and I was doing also the Erdos at that point. Don't do the Erdos. Erdos are horrible. Uh, I, I misunderstood <laughs> you a little bit. The what? Erdos. You know, do you know what those are? Uh, are they like unifieds? Yeah, basically like a bunch of schools come together. So you audition in front of those schools and they're like representatives all over. Right. You know, and they the, came like, to the your LA, location? Yeah, so they gather up, I think it was in this hotel in New York, and you come in and there's like 50 of them sitting down with like notes, but you only have two minutes to do two monologues, which is ridiculous, and then they have this little bell, um, and it's just, you know, I just <laughs> don't damn think it's bell. enough time to like really, yeah, the damn bell, I just don't think it's enough time, because if there's one good thing that we actors have control of, is the, it's our time, when we go into a room and like take our time to really just enjoy and do what we love. And that place, that situation doesn't let you do that. You have to, like, I don't know. It's 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 very weird. Mm. Anyway, um, Juilliard was my second audition. My first one was NYU. And I thought I was going to, like, be really, really nervous. But then there's just, like, this calm thing that just, like, goes over you right before you go into the room. That you're like, okay, I'm here. And I think that what really helped me ground myself was just look at the room and see how can I use this room right now for my mom. You know, like if these are the windows of the hospital, great. Like they're the actual windows in the hospital. Like usually, like actually use what's in the room. And I think that really grounds you and puts you in the moment that you're in. And you're just not imagining things that they're going to for you to imagine. Um, and Love that. Kind of the same thing happened at Juilliard, but I was a little hectic because I actually was staying in Brooklyn and I t- and it was my first time in New York. Took the wrong train. Oh no! The wrong direction. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Went the wrong direction into Brooklyn. It was an express train. Oh okay. my god. Express train. I was hectic, and <laughs> I was gonna get there in time to get you know have some breakfast, have a coffee. I got there exactly at nine. Oh. Hiller does this great thing where like they they put you in warm ups with everybody, and you get to talk to well now it's Evan Evan who's the head of the division, but then you have Richard. I think no, it's Kate Wilson who's our voice faculty, and and who else? Well, a lot of the faculty is there. A lot of the faculty is there, but there's there's two people who lead the class usually, which is a voice and Alexander. No, not Alexander. Is it Mark? Movement. Is it Mark? Yeah, maybe it is. I don't he, know. Anyway, yeah. I know that there's a voice in there somewhere because they really help you like go through your thing and then. Something that Richard told me in my audition, which I thought it was incredibly helpful and helped me throughout that entire week, is that it's not about what you're performing today; is what you're working on today. So this is not a finished product, and it's not helpful at all to think of it as a finished product, just so that you don't try to hit marks that you know that you've hit before. That's great. Like, what are you working on, and what are you doing right now? And which I thought was really helpful. That's awesome. And it gets you out of that headspace, yeah. And actually, something that I noticed this year, because once you get into school, you can work auditions. And one thing that I, I learned this year about Richard Feldman, who I really respect, was that students are supposed to get there, like, at 7, and the teachers get there, like, at 8.30 or something to get ready for the auditions. Richard Feldman was in that classroom around 7.30, or 8 a.m. reading every single file of every person in his room. He went through their statements and their resume and their pictures. And I was just really surprised by that. I was like, wow, you were actually taking the time to read who these people are. And so when you come into the room, he already, it feels like he already knows you. And he kind of like, and he's, I mean, he's amazing. He knows how to get you out of your head really quickly. But I think that's the type of attention that a lot of faculty at Juilliard put into the audition because they know how hard it is for actors to do this and right. be brave. It may, you know, and they're very giving and kind, and they, you know, they tell you this every time. Like they really want you to do your best, and they will do anything in their power to help you do your best. And and just that dedication of like I'm gonna come early and read every single thing for me was just mind blowing. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah, because they see you as a person, not as a waste of time. Yeah, of course, and great. and God knows they could because <laughs> yeah. thousands of students are auditioning, and you know all you have to do in order to audition is just pay the fee, and so you could be horrible, and they could see a lot of you know, not great actors that, you know, they could get jaded by that. But that's really refreshing to know that and, even and still, and Richard's been around doing auditions for decades and he's still, yeah. you know, so that's yeah. great. And one crazy thing about those, if you're auditioning in New York, they put you in a room with like 2000 people, <laughs> <laughs> which can be very overwhelming, but it's a great, great acting. You're exaggerating. Just, thing. you know, you I, I not 2000, but yes. Oh, 200, sorry. 200 makes more sense, yeah. 200. But it feels yeah, like 2,000. It feels like, the energy makes it feel like 2,000. Yeah. Um, no, it's like 200 people, divided into two rooms. 
but it's really interesting because I, 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 you know, it can be very overwhelming because you're like, these are a lot of people. Oh my God. But it can also be really fun because you're like, let's see what each of them do under pressure. And there's a lot of people who just like mumble or they do stretches or they are become like the social butterfly or they just listen to me, you know, so it's just really interesting to, to look now, at them. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And, but it's also, it can be really distracting. So I would say that before you audition, like know what works for you. How do you center yourself? Because once you get there, it's going to be like so many energies coming at you. So how can you keep yourself in your own bubble without becoming like a zombie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they do this thing with practice rooms, with which I think it's a great opportunity to just like go to a practice room and either breathe or go through your piece or, you know, whatever you need to do. But I, I, I do think that you do need to be prepared to see a lot of people mm-hmm. and just know that it just... It, it, I don't even know how to, it, like, it, that amount of people should be an opportunity to learn from others and not um, a, a way to shut yourself down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I remember, because, listen, I auditioned in San Francisco. Some of the schools, mm-hmm. they travel, and Juilliard goes to New York, yeah. Chicago, and San Francisco. Yeah. But same thing. You know, like, there's a lot of people there, and there's a lot of different energies coming at you. And meanwhile, you're thinking, look, I'm generally a nice social person. Like, I would want to talk with these people on any other given occasion. But, like, Mm -hmm. I'm here to do my work. And I got to, like, make sure that me, number one, is taken care of so that, you know, I don't get too excited. I don't get too shut down, like, robot style. So, like, what you did in the practice rooms, you know, I went and found, like, a little area you know, just an area in San Francisco, uh, in the building we were in where I could like, just focus on like, you know, something with my visuals, do a little warm up, and like be in a space. Um, and then when you're back in the waiting room where there's tons of other people, right. You just kind of have to be like relaxed and in your mode rather than like, you know, necessarily being super susceptible. Um, and again, everybody is different. Some people do vibe off of social interactions and you should just know yourself and do what you do. Um, I have a question for you specifically about that moment, you know, because obviously this is like the biggest school. It's your dream school. You said it's a ton of people's dream school, but even not with just Juilliard, any top BFA program that like they dream of going to, how did you, did you do anything in particular that helped you balance your nerves with like you have these nerves, but then you also want to be authentic. You also want to show them yeah. you, but then you're racked with these nerves. Like, did you do a warm up? Did you just have certain thoughts go through you? Was it a magical moment where you just felt all this calm? Like, how do you deal with that? You know, I, <laughs> I had that magical moment with NYU. It just like, it like, just, I was just very, very calm. But with Juilliard, it was just not happening. And I found for me, and, and, um, it, we had a community meeting a couple weeks ago. Community meeting is where like all the Juilliard drama people come together and they invited Oscar Isaac yeah. to come and talk to us, which was really great. And he said something that applies perfectly to auditions, which is kind of what 
I did without realizing that I was doing that was he said, your stakes as an actor need to be very, very low so that your stakes as the character have room to flare up and, and ignite you and, and take control over you. So when I was at, at Juilliard and I was like having all this crazy energies and stuff, I decided to go back to reading because I, I brought my the plays that I was doing the monologues from with me. And I decided to read the moment before and the monologue and, and like put myself in that situation so that when I went into the room, I didn't have to do that, you know, put myself there. I was just there. And so I was trying to keep the mentality and energy of, of the two pieces that I was doing with nice. like putting it into my, that's how for me, it helps me center because it takes me out of this is Gabby auditioning for Julia. And, right. and it's, it turns into this is Isabella who's asking the king to please kill Angela. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's a very weird example, but you know what I mean? No, totally. Totally. Like, yeah. This is, this is, this is her trying to talk to her father in the hospital. Like that for me thinking about in character terms is much easier and calming because mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about my own shit. It's just them. And I think that's just, it's, it's really, at least for me, it was really helpful to just be in the character mindset and not worry about how it would, how Gabby, the actor was going to go through all of this. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That, that, that's good because like, you know, the other thing is, as, as I know some listeners are thinking, okay, cool. Now I'm going to go bring my plays to all the auditions and I'm going to read the moment before. <laughs> like, no, what you did is you had a moment where you were like, you just trusted yourself. You're like, yeah. it's time to read this moment before, you know, and that just yeah. came to you. That's not something you prepared. You obviously had your plays with you and everything, but you weren't like yeah. preparing to do that. You can't really prepare yeah. how you're going to do it, but you do have to listen to yourself. You have to know yourself and do what you think is right in the moment to really get you focused on your work. And I think that's what Isaac uh, Oscar yeah. was was trying to say was like, keep yeah. keep the stakes on the work and not on like you and self-conscious you um Mm -hmm. because we all have insecurities right actors put themselves out there in a way that's like at any moment we can like literally just be super insecure or whatever um you know especially as an underdeveloped actor or a young actor where it's like okay how do i like handle my insecurities if if things start to get crazy well you know, we don't have like, an, there's no answer, but it's like, trust yourself in the moment and just do, you know, make a choice. Like you took your books out and you read them. That's super awesome. Me, I went to the, you know, corner and got myself into timeout. Like, you know, it's, and my buddy Amari, who helps a lot of these students here, he's like, he talks about breathing and just, you know, some people socialize. It's great. Whatever it is you do is like, trust yourself, you know? Yeah. It is the most important thing to do. And and actually, one of the things that one of my mentors made me do, which I don't know if it was really helpful, I think it was really helpful, was that if you are in, particularly if you're, if you're in a theater program doing your BFA and you're auditioning for an MFA and you have the opportunity to just present your monologues in class in front of people, that can be really helpful because it can also tell you, like, what am I thinking right before I'm starting this monologue in front of all these people? And it helps you, like, get to know how you can work in a way that you're not thinking about them at all. But I think it's important to just practice being like, okay, I'm in front of 
people like this is happening so that you get that performance thing out of your mind because that's a lot of that's something that pops into people's minds when you walk into the room it's like now i'm performing yeah and that's not where you want to be well like let me ask you this when you are performing right and when you're in the audition room and if you can remember um you know we're always taught about we're always talking about how to bring you like Mm -hmm. you want to be doing the best work possible but even richard the you know auditor um is like look it's not about the performance it's it's about what you're working on today so just work on you know so they're always trying to like diffuse the fact that it's like you don't have to have a perfect performance so if you already know going in i don't have to have a perfect performance i just have to be bring myself and i have to like be working you know how did you feel like in your audition specifically how did you bring you Do you, how did you, do, how did you know that you showed up? How do you know that they saw you? Was it in the piece? Was it in the, you know, interview or something afterwards? Where did you feel like you really were like, this is who I am? Is that a <laughs> good question? I don't know. It's a very good question. I think that you should know yourself as a person as much as you know yourself as an actor. So if you know how you can drop in in those circumstances really quickly, you know, as an actor, it's really important to also be like, how can I drop in to like in who I am? Right. Um, and for me, that's, that's me. You know, if I smile and like, like really smile, I feel me. You mm-hmm. know? Yes. And and for some people, it can be like walking in a certain way mm. or, or doing something with their hair or their hands, you know, something that makes you be like, yeah, I do this all the time. And like it centers you. And for me, it's smiling. And so I came to the room and, and I think also saying your name, like you're fucking meant to be there mm-hmm. and, and owning all the time and being like, this is my name and this is what I'm going to do. Damn it. You know, <laughs> and um, and so I think that that made me really be like, yeah, and and those you know whatever room is like this is my room and this is my time, and and then I think Richard asked me at one point because I I did my two monologues and then he was like, do you have another piece? And I was like, yeah, I have Julia uh, from Two Gentlemen of Verona, the one where she's tearing up the letter, and then he was like would you like a piece of paper? And, you know, it's just like me responding, being me, awkward me, I was like, don't mind if I do, you know? Like, oh my like, gosh. Just react, you know, the way that you do. And then <laughs> I had a very similar experience that was not very successful when I finished the artist because, you know, they, they put that little bell on you. Oh so my God, like, the bell. Thank you so much. I looked at the floor and I was like, thank you so much. Good night. It was 10 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> night. What? What is that? And then I tried to get out of the room and then it was the one of those hotels rooms where like the door blends with the wall. Oh, no. I have no idea where the hell the door is. And I was just like jamming at the wrong door and I tried to get out for like 30 seconds and we were all just laughing. <laughs> and I was miserable. But apparently it was great. For them, you know, right. entertainment for them. Oh my gosh, they're like, yeah, <laughs> that was worth it. Just, 
but just I think also seeing everything as a as an offering and not as a mistake is is a great thing. But I don't know. I I honestly I think it is like what makes you feel even if it's just wearing your favorite piece of clothing, you know, like what is it that makes you feel yourself? I don't know if that's very helpful. No, it's awesome. You're you're very helpful. And like clearly <laughs> we've been talking for forty five minutes now almost. Um <laughs> so we can wrap it up. I'm sure we'll have you as a guest uh, again at some point, whether it's uh another podcast, a video, blog, something. Um second year at Juilliard, end of end of your second year. I, I can't even believe you have enough energy to talk, you know, for forty five minutes. But <laughs> It is an awesome topic, how to get into drama school. We all have been yeah. there, and uh, yeah. it's a special moment. It's, it's you know, m- many of us, it's our most important moment in our lives, like, up yeah. to that point. You know, like, by the time we're auditioning for school, we're that's the most important audition of our lives. Um, yeah. So it's a cool to hear your story. Um, and I'm trying to think, is there any other last lasting thoughts or final thoughts you have for these listeners? I mean, you know who these folks are. You know where their head's at. You know, like, what's one last thought you may have for them? Oh, Lord. I think that wherever you are and wherever you want to audition, I think it's, I've, I've been learning now that it's very important to be kind with yourself because this is going to be a very, very stressful moment, which, you know, it's, you said it's one of the most important moments of your life, but I think learn to be kind with yourself because if you're kind with yourself, you learn to love your flaws and your flaws are going to be the things that make you a great fucking actor. That's and so awesome. just embracing those things and, and not letting them go. Man. <laughs> I think that's a good advice. You should probably work on the things that you need to work on as a person. But, <laughs> you know, learning from from yourself as much as you like to learn from other people. Because there's a lot to learn from who you are and how you do things. And know that there's worth in that. 100%. And, you know. Yes, that is something that, you know, I'm still working on. I'm still learning all the time. Like every time I approach a new piece, it's like if I get feedback on it, generally these days the feedback is, oh, that thing you did in the in the accident, you know, or the that time you yeah. forgot your line. That was it. That was hilarious, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like as I go out for a lot of comedy stuff right now, and it's just yeah. like, man, you know what? <laughs> what? How can I figure out just let me bring this to to everything? Like how do I – you know, and so, yes, you, unique you are the thing. And yeah, if if you can learn that that's the thing that you want to craft around rather than you don't want to like cover that up and put some sort of idea of the craft on top of it. But no, you want to like, that's the centerpiece. That's the sensitive part. That's the nucleus of everything you need to be building around. Yeah, and also, like, take comfort in knowing that even if you get into school, that's something that you will always be working on. That's something right. you're working on. Oh, my right gosh. Now, just trust yourself, damn it. Trust yourself. Yeah. And with that, we will say <laughs> goodbye. So thank you so much, Gabby. And, um, yeah, I know thank this was, was awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, keep collaborating on this topic with you. But um, have an awesome night and a great uh, – I know you're opening your show tomorrow, so – have a great opening. Yeah.
Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.